Welcome to HLB Cross Border Business Talks, HLB's global podcast series on international business topics. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Carlos Camacho, HLB's Global Transfer Pricing Leader. I'm joined today by Till Sack from HLB Germany to discuss TP as a strategic instrument for multinational organizations and to touch one on some of the latest trends in TP arena. But first, of course, we need to know what is transfer pricing. So perhaps we will have to start from there, uh, talking about the basic concept of transfer pricing and when transfer pricing is applicable to? Yes. I mean, uh, transfer pricing is in our days so important because if you have a multinational enterprise, and that means if you have a company with two subsidiaries in two different countries, then you are already in the middle of transfer pricing issues. So in our example, um, Carlos comes from Costa Rica, I'm come from Germany, and if you have a Costa Rican enterprise with a subsidiary in Germany, and if you have any business relations between the German subsidiary and the Costa Rican um, parent company, then you have already transfer pricing issues. Absolutely, and the most uh, perhaps difficult issue to figure out is that in some instances, these transactions due to the fact of the relationship between the uh, holding company and the subsidiary may be so-called implicit transactions. That is, that due to the fact that we are both having a common ground of interest, we are pertaining to the same shareholders or the majority of our stock is owned by the same group of shareholders, we might just keep some of the real formalities and the antagonics of the economic uh, behave that is natural to unrelated parties. In other words, if Till and I would be just dealing as individuals unrelated, when Till is selling something to me or his company is selling something to my company, he will try to get the highest possible price in order to increase his profitability. Instead, my behavior would be to negotiate the lowest possible price to acquire his knowledge, his services, his merchandise, and therefore that very economical behavior when is in the ambience of a related party just kind of get diffused or absolutely disappear, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with this. So um, even with individuals, um, they might be in relation. Um, this is not so much the case that we see it directly here in Germany, but sometimes we have individuals with different enterprises and we have intercompany transactions. And even then, they might be related under German transfer pricing law. And we have some clients like this, so we have also to prove in these cases whether we have transfer pricing issues. 
And this is getting a more uh, complicated and more broader applicable issue due to the fact that companies may trend to use transfer pricing in order to skip or reduce or minimize the total tax burden that they do pay as a group. And this is one of the things that transfer pricing is all about when referred to a base erosion profit shifting program launched by the OECD in 2015. And that is, as a consequence, provoke amendments and reshaping of the multinational guidelines of transfer pricing uh, by the OECD. Yeah, and I, I don't know how it is in, in, in Costa Rica, but in, uh, transfer pricing became so important that in Germany, for example, we had last year the total reformation because we adopted the OECD transfer pricing rules now um, so that we approach um, or we have now a worldwide approach to this topic. I don't know whether we have this too, but um, we see since 2013, since the OECD started the base erosion profit shifting program, which included also uh, transfer pricing issues, that more and more countries here in Europe and in Germany, um, Germany is one part of this, really started to enforce transfer pricing rules and we modernized it. And I suppose that in middle and South America, you have the same approach so that we have now one global approach how to deal with these issues. Indeed, very few countries have uh, still uh, to adopt the OECD new module of transfer pricing guidelines, and this makes it a little bit more global. Uh, those exceptions are in the way of getting uh, more aligned towards the OECD uh, guidelines, and therefore, as you're stating, Indeed, the issue is becoming more flattened as far as the application to multinational enterprises. There are certain specific uh, changes of uh, rules when you go to countries such as Brazil that is committed to uh, get the enforceability of the OECD module uh, by uh, the end of 2024. And uh, there is a trend of alignment in the U.S. with the Internal Revenue Code with the, uh, the OECD uh, guidelines. But more likely than not, what we're having is an alignment on a global basis that allowed the companies to have an interaction that is also providing legal certainty as far as the application of their transfer pricing policies. Yeah. So I think we see this trend now all over the world. I mean, the, the, the world becomes much closer, and especially the BRIC states, Brazil, India, China, and Russia are very eager to get their share uh, of the transfer price taxation. Absolutely. And the, the other thing that is uh, very close to the transfer pricing matter is the fact of what is that we are comparing because uh, always the issue here is you have to be comparing the, the 
assets, the functions, and the risks assumed by the parties when dealing on a transfer pricing analysis. And to some extent, the broader confusion in the marketplace for people that is not an expert in transfer pricing is to attempt to compare price with the price. I mean, it's not a comparison between the price A of price B of the same product or service, because what we make in transfer pricing activity and transfer pricing analysis is an analysis of the assets used, the risks that have been borne, and the functions that have been performed by by each of the members of the multinational uh, enterprise. And as still stated very well, when you talk about multinationals before the beginning of this century, you perhaps w would have had think of huge multinationals. Now it's just plenty to have two different jurisdictions involved and you are in a multinational environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, um, you always, let's uh, approach the other way, um, at least the German fiscal administration always comes back to these basics. They always ask now more and more, where are the risks assumed? Are they really in Germany or are they really in the other country? And they always started with a function and risk analysis and they normally approaches with a people function analysis. They ask where are the people functions because where the people functions are, their decisions are made. And once they have decided, okay, the companies which are part of the transfer pricing analysis uh, have most of the people functions, normally they assume um, that they might be also have decisive influence on the company. And then they ask, where is the research and development functions? And then they ask, where are the market risks? This is the approach how we see it in Germany and also in many European tax administrations. Indeed. And furthermore, one of the other issues that have changed dramatically ever since the launching of this program of the OECD, so-called BEPS, is the fact of the, the ability to really uh, be able to assume either the functions or the risks. Because prior to this, the facts were that multinationals just nominatively allocate a risk or a function to a paper company. And that company was not able to bore the actual risk if the risk would have have materialized if the risk would have arise, the company was not financially or operationally capable to answer to the public about that very risk. What the OECD approach today is, is more factual. Is this entity capable enough, financially uh, strong, to be able to borne that risk or is only nominatively allocating that risk in order to allocate a portion of the profit in a given jurisdiction. Okay. 
this is uh, yeah i understand this um i think um in germany the tax administration would would approach the case in the same manner yes that that in in general is a a trend of going more for the essence over the form and the essence of reform is an analysis that most of the OECD uh, countries and most of the OECD following uh, modules uh, are just taking. There are certain exceptions. For instance, in Canada, you have the exception of uh, the court rules uh, regarding that the uh, the form is uh, normally uh, a more likely to be prevailing over the essence, but that is an exception that I guess is going to change as time goes in order to align the ability to be compatible over the world. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, in, uh, I can only bring Germany as an example, but here we had the fight over 70 years whether um, economic substance or legal form should be decisive and um, in the past it was always uh, the legal form but since since 20 years and especially since BAPS the whole thing has changed and the legal substance becomes now in the center of analysis um, because uh, for a very long time multinational enterprises were able to use legal structures to avoid paying off taxes and under BAPS and under the idea of fighting against uh, erosion profit shifting, uh, now the new approach is that the economic substance is the decisive base for the analysis, also for transfer pricing. Because at the, at the end of the story, transfer pricing is all about taxes and uh, is all about taxable base. And of course, it has other angles that we might just be touching base in different podcasts. But uh, for today, I guess it's important to just kind of uh, summarize that transfer pricing is always going to be present when two related parties are interacting whether or not they do allocate a price to that interaction. Uh, there is an economical approach other than a financial approach. That means that even if the transaction is for free, financially speaking, is deemed to be treated economically as a subject to a value. And that valuation will entail the ability of a tax administration to uh, impose the levy on such a uh, income generated or allocatable to that very jurisdiction. Therefore, that is one of the, the conclusions we have to get that as a takeaway today. The other one is that the multinational approach of the past, which was the huge multinational companies which have presence in every other jurisdiction, is just getting narrow and narrow. And just the fact that there are two entities, two uh, uh, jurisdictions make us liable to be in compliance with both documentation of transfer pricing and the ability to uh, substantiate that we are 
in compliance with the arm's length principle, which is this very basic statement that we are dealing as if we were not related parties, although we acknowledge and recognize the fact that we are related parties. So is what we call an economical hypothesis, is a fiction, is a legal fiction whereby the factual the factual issue is that we are related, but the fiction consists in that we are dealing as unrelated. Therefore, that is a big challenge for taxpayers all over the world. It's also a big challenge for business people trying to uh, set their structures in an uh, efficient operational fashion, as well as it is a huge uh, challenge for audit companies when dealing with their uh, assurance work related to the fact of whether or not the financial statements are representing fairly the amount of profits and the financial position of the actual uh, entities when they're looked on a single basis when despite of the consolidated basis. Yeah, and uh, let me add one last point from my side. What is important is this is a trend. Uh, multinational enterprise does not mean anymore only huge multinationals like the top American companies or from Germany, Daimler-Benz or Volkswagen or something like this. But now it comes down also to relatively small companies, which only 10 million revenue, sometimes only 5 million revenue. We see already the tax administrations in Europe proving these cases. So it is not anymore only a topic for the multinational huge and large enterprises with billions and billions of revenues, but also for our clients with a revenue of five to 10 million euros. And that that also is a very important fact of compliance cost, because the uh, small medium enterprises are uh, suffering the same burden as the huge multinational enterprises. Therefore, it is becoming a real administrative burden that has a correlated cost of compliance that is making the expansion to different jurisdictions a more costly and more carefully to be planned and is better to plan than to fix. So our recommendation, if we have another takeaway of today, is transfer pricing, yes, is compliance, but it's better when it turns to be a planning stage. Thank you for your attention today. Thanks for listening. For more information about this topic and other cross-border business insights, visit www.hlb.global forward slash insights.